Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to your favorite hour of the week, the Hourhead Pride Podcast. We are discussing all things offseason today. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm here with the player, <laughs> Sean Barber, the blog father, Joel Thorman, we're also known as still the barber shop. <laughs> What's been going on in your lives this offseason? Man, we want the long version or the short version? I, I'd say give the people the short version. We got a lot to talk about. Okay, well, uh, recently I've been commissioned at church to um, head up my men's ministry. So that's been a big part of my spiritual development um, as ways to protect and defend my family, my faith, and my reputation. Um, if guys don't know, your reputation and your family and faith are always under attack on a daily basis. And so if you're not doing something proactive to defend it, then you're making yourself uh, a little bit more vulnerable to, to the attacks of the outside world. So that's, in a nutshell, what I've been focusing on in the last three months. Sounds like a little bit of prevention before things happen. That's a good definitely, idea. Definitely, definitely. What about you, Joel? Well, I've been uh, I've been drinking more. I would say <laughs> opposite uh, Coffee. approach of Coffee, uh, right? yeah, opposite approach of Sean. Hydration, hydration, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. No, uh, relaxing with the family um, and having Sundays back. It's uh, the, for the first couple months of the off season. It's nice to to have your weekends back, and then you start itching for it again. It's amazing how soon things get going in the off season. As far as you know, you and I have gone. We've set up two more podcasts. If you haven't listened to them, uh, the Chief in the North. That'll be coming at you on Mondays. And Kent has an AP draft show as we get ready for the draft in a couple of weeks. Very good. That'll air on Fridays. That completes the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. So you have Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you so choose to listen, you can get all those links on our Twitter feeds and our social feeds, things like that. One thing we haven't said yet on this podcast and I want to make a habit of doing is please rate and review us. It helps put, push us up on iTunes and Google Play so more people can listen to the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs podcast. As far as my offseason, you know, I've, I've just been relaxing a little bit this morning, went to the gym, had like a cute girl walk up to me or on the treadmill next to me. And listen, I'm not going to be the guy that hits on a girl at the gym. I think that's kind of kind of a weird thing. But here's your story about hitting on a girl. No, but so, you know, I'm doing, I'm trying to be the cool guy, giving her, giving her like a look, but like, you know, not trying to, you know, be too over the top. I'm telling you, the biggest wad of spit flew out of my mouth, hits the mirror and stays up on the mirror. I think it was one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. What? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Very disgusting. Just out here spitting all over the so place? That, that's the most recent recent item of my offseason. So I, I, I would like to get into some Chiefs news. And, boys, the last time we talked, the last time we talked, the Chiefs were about to play the Tennessee Titans, which we figured would be an easy win, and a lot has happened since then. And, and we're going to go through each thing this offseason because we haven't had a chance to talk about these things together. And we'll start all the way on January 8th. We're going to skip the playoff last. We'll start all the way on January 8th. Matt Nagy was hired away to become the Bears head coach. And Eric Bieniemy eventually promoted in his place as the offensive coordinator. What were your feelings about this move when it happened? Uh, seemed um, obvious, I guess, that Andy would bring in somebody, uh, you know, from, from his own staff. He kind of, he's kind of the draft and develop type. Uh, so I guess it, it made sense. Um, it does seem like until I see Eric Bieniemy do it, it seems like a downgrade. Because uh, Matt Nagy was obviously good enough, uh, you know, to get hired by somebody as a head coach. So, um, you know, I think uh, Bienemy's got, uh, you know, plenty to prove and figure out his role. You know, because it's hard to, I'm sure, for an offensive coordinator and, you know, Andy Reid's offense to find their role. Um, you, you know, considering how uh, what what a big personality he is. So, we'll 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 see on that one. I think Nagy is going to be an awesome, you know, offensive um, mind out in Chicago. I think Eric Bienemy is uh, was a, was a guy who's just waiting. 
kind of a waiting in arms. I think he's he's definitely has all the tools, not only to be an offensive coordinator, but to be a head coach. Um, him him as being one of the top candidates, I think, coming into the 2019 season, and then also with uh, Deuce Staley out of out of Philadelphia. Those two guys with their experience in the running game, being a top running back, played in the league. Um, their mentality for for getting runners to 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 play way beyond their their potential is something that's been amazing to me as far as both of the organizations. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what Eric Bieniemy does on the sidelines this year because yeah. this is one of the more animated guys. I would say not only on the Chiefs coaching staff, but across the league. I think when he's an offensive coordinator now, I mean, you usually see him and you would say MFing the running backs. <laughs> now he has the jurisdiction to really mess with any player who he feels feels is not performing up to par. And you know, as a as a media member, he he's going to talk to the to the media every week now, which is awesome because I think he does uh, you know a great job um, you know explaining. Uh, explaining what he does and, and all that. So I think it's going to be good from, from uh, cer- certainly from that standpoint. He's going to be more entertaining to talk to each week than Matt Nagy. No offense, Matt Nagy. I will say it's been, a, <laughs> it's been a string of coordinators as far as the media goes where they do give you a little bit of something. I thought Peterson would get into, honestly, what was going on, followed by Nagy, and I think Biannimi will do a good job with that. And Sutton gives you probably more so than you, than you need. Really, Andy's the yeah. one who kind of keeps things quiet when it comes to the media availability. We'll move to January 31st. The Chiefs agreed to trade the new Alex Smith to the Redskins in exchange for cornerback Kendall Fuller and a third-round pick. Gut reaction, Sean, when this deal went down. I love Fuller. I've loved him ever since he came out of college. Um, I thought he's been one of the you know, top 10, top 15 defensive backs in the league. Um, very consistent. Um, I, one of the things I've been I've been saying lately is uh, persistency will get you a job, but consistency keeps your job. So he's he's he was he was always a persistent guy. Got to the NFL. Now he's been one of the most consistent guys, day in and day out, week in and week out at that cornerback position. And he's a baby. Yeah, young young yeah. guy, young aggressive. Twenty two. Um, They're all young. Cover corner, squat corner, can play man zone equally well. Tackles great. Uh, we haven't had that in a while. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you wait till he leaves. Day one. Come on, Sean. Hey, I walk around with my 22 jersey on. <laughs> um, you know, sitting here a few weeks later, I'm uh, I'm surprised at how okay with it I am. Like, I thought I would be more nervous about going to the unknown, going to Mahomes. Like, excited, but more nervous. And I'm not – maybe just because it's March, uh, but I'm not as nervous as I thought. I feel pretty good about the situation, um, that they got a starting player back, you know, a decent pick. Um, so, I mean, I think it's it's going to be a, good, a deal that's good for both sides because I think he's going to do well in, in Washington, too. Can, can I relate this to, like, my 401K? So being a young guy, right, my investments, I'm very uh, – I don't mind the stock market going up and down because I'm not selling in the next 20 to 30 years. I don't mind it going up and down. So I'm, I'm okay with my homes. He's going to be like the stock market. We traded off a very safe bond and got ourselves another high, high, uh, high-regarded cornerback and a draft pick. I'm so happy with it. Um, if I was a little bit older in my 60s, then I would want Alex Smith back because I would want us to be able to win in the next one or two years. You call me old? <laughs> <laughs> Dialing it back for me. Back in my day. <laughs> Dialing it back for me. I remember in late January, I think I wrote it this article in early February, I think the best part about this deal was it seemed like everybody won. Alex Smith going to a good situation where he will compete in the NFC East. Doug Peterson always already saying, I don't, I can't believe we got to play this guy twice a year. And I think maybe he'll earn a little bit more respect if he can go to the Redskins and then propel them to the playoffs on a consistent basis. And he's surrounded by some good talent and they want to surround him with good talent. And Andy Reid is a guy who trusts the Gruden family. So he enters that situation. And our, our girl Liz, very excited to go to DC area. They've now gone from the West coast to the middle of America now to the East coast. So I'm excited for Alex Smith again, Got a really good young player, and that's kind of been the theme of the offseason as we go on. Taking three teams to the playoffs multiple times would be pretty darn impressive if he can do that in Washington. Yeah, and not, I, not a lot of quarterbacks I have know. done that. I, that's a stat I should have looked up before this, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, the adaptability of Alex Smith throughout the years, where he went to San Francisco and he had all those offensive coordinators. Now he's had multiple coaching staffs, and it seems like he still is able to have success. A very underrated guy when it comes to you know his career. This is not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but man, a damn good one. And I, I don't think he maybe gets the respect that he deserves. Moving on in the Chiefs' offseason, February fifth, Brad Childress 
shortest retirement in history. I know they had a retirement party for him here in, in Kansas City, but whatever. He comes out of retirement after three or four days and joins Matt Nagy in Chicago as an advisor, uh, an advisory role. Seems like a fit for Childress. This is a guy who doesn't want to stay away from football. Definitely. I mean, he has a great offensive mind. Um, he's been he's been around football all his life. Those guys, uh, as soon as they do retire, they look in the mirror and realize, what have I done? <laughs> and why did I do it? And so with the first time Nagy called him, I bet he was on the plane out to Chicago as fast as he could get there. So it's a win. You know, it's a definitely a win in his life. I mean, he's able to, to go and continue to, to, to nurture and kind of uh, kind of lead Nagy. Um, he's going to need some guys around him that he really trusts. That's the one thing about being the head coach when you got to bring your staff together. It's hard getting uh, 16, 17 coaches together that you actually trust all of them. And how long has Childers really been in the league? It's it's years and years. It's like 40, 50. It's, 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 it's <laughs> 50 years. How old do you think he is? <laughs> what is he, 100? 12-year-old <laughs> special assistant. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I think Chicago is going to be fun to watch this year. Um, Childress, I think, will we'll have plenty of influence, obviously, the reasons you mentioned. Um, uh, you know, I think Chicago can definitely be like the 2013 Chiefs, go out and win 10 games and make the playoffs in your first year. Like, I think that's, that's cap- they're capable of doing that. Moving on now to February 8th, the Chiefs cut Darrell Revis. And, you know, we didn't know it at the time, but this was all part of the plan to really make a new secondary, you know, getting Kendall Fuller, cutting Darrell Revis. We never would have expected it would come on later in the month. But I think the Chiefs moving on from that, you know, figure, especially against the cap, was the right move. Yeah, there's no no question for me there. Yeah, as a plugger, he just he was having his, his fingers stuck in the middle of the dam waiting uh, for the season to be over. Uh Keep the leak from leaking. Um, he did his job. Got us to the play. I, mean, <laughs> I missed the, the Sean Barber analogies. Oh, the plugger. That's the one yeah. thing I missed over the last two months. Is that plugger, plunger, plugger, something like that? Plugger. Yeah, yeah no, plugger. That, 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 that makes sense. Keep, keep the city safe. That's what he did for Kansas City. February 13th, one of the hardest days of the offseason. The Chiefs announced they won't retain Derek Johnson. And I think the hardest part of this for me was the fact that he still wanted to play. Yeah. I, I think if he was retiring, it would have been a little bit easier to swallow. But, you know, He's going to be in another team probably, probably this this year. Yeah, with, uh, you know, Revis and, and Alex and some of these other moves, you kind of, you know, expected them to come. And there was certainly an argument uh, for the Chiefs to make this move with DJ, but I still thought that there was a chance that, you know, they'd, they'd bring him back on, you know, some sort of deal to, to finish his career here. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where he goes next. I don't think he's signed anywhere. I don't know uh, what his what his status is, but, um, you know, it's it's it's. You know, you, you draft a bunch of good players uh, and, and they stay in Kansas City for a long time. They're going to leave like, you know, Tamba's like that. Hopefully, you, you know, Barry's going to be like that and then nobody else because we're going to cut them <laughs> right when they're good. <laughs> or it seems like when they turn the age of 27, that's yeah. it. You're out of here in yeah. Kansas City. I would say as a veteran, man, you always want at the end of your career a chance to go play for home. So I would say, you know, with Dallas with the Texans, uh, one of those two teams, especially with Dallas, you know, being able to do a swap for Hitchens. Yeah. Um, being able to go down there and, and, and be a part of that team, I, I think, um, would be something that he would, it, it would, it would kind of like top off his legacy. You know, he's had a great career here in Kansas City, but having the chance to go back home and play around your friends and families, that's something every veteran wants at some point in their career. I think we all wish the best to Derek Johnson unless he ends up in the AFC West, which hopefully he does not. I don't think he would do yeah, that no to the Chiefs no because chance. it seemed like a very amiable uh, mutual breakup uh, you know, to, to some extent. February 16th, the Chiefs signed free agent David Amerson, and, and according to our commenters, this was a little bit of a controversial move because a lot of people didn't like him. I know that our boy Seth, who calls into the program once in a while, he was not a fan of this move. Did you like this move? I don't even know him. How can you not like him? I don't know the kid. Uh-huh. I mean, from, I mean, just on a foot, you know, strictly a football basis. He's he's better than three other corners we had on the team. So whether you I mean like, you mean Mitchell Gaines I, and Nelson? I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. I'm saying the guy we got is better than the ones who are already here. So do I like him? Whether I liked him or not on the other team, uh, I don't know, but. He, he improves our secondary. He's got an interception at Arrowhead already. Yeah, um, I I liked him. I think maybe, you know, of course, like Sean says, I, I can't sit here and tell you I know that much about him, but I liked him more when uh, the idea was that he would be the third corner along with Peters and Fuller. Uh, until <laughs> that seemed like the, the perfect secondary our, in history yeah. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, at the Super Bowl, 
um, one of our SB Nation folks were down there, and Eric Berry was at one of those uh, media things, you know, that he was uh, promoting something down there at the Super Bowl. And one of the questions one of the SB Nation guys asked Barry was, do you think you have the best secondary in the NFL now, um, you know, after the, after the Fuller and mm-hmm. Peters trade? So, anyway, sorry to bring the group what, down. What was his answer? I don't really you know. You know, something this. totally appropriate and, you know, not uh, – Chiefs PR ask. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Barry's got a, a way of putting it very nicely in you know a way you right. believe, but then you're like, wait, he's he, been he's been well trained by yeah. now. Yeah, smart guy. Now moving on, dig your feet in. Here we go. February 23rd, the Chiefs trade Marcus Peters and a sixth rounder to the Rams in exchange for a 2018 fourth rounder and 2019 second rounder. Very controversial move in Kansas City. You know, I want to do a, I, would, I do want to address it at the time because at the time people were freaking out. They yeah. really didn't understand. It was it was uh, one of the craziest uh, trades. I remember it was my little kid's birthday and I was off and I was at uh, Costco. Uh, and thank thank goodness Pete was here uh, to handle everything. Um, yeah, I I uh, didn't believe it. Um, you know, it, it was just com- <laughs> just completely unbelievable um, to me. Uh, it seemed to to come completely out of the blue. I think there was like. You know, there's so much there's so much going on with Peters and how uh, people feel about him. Like there is like a legitimate question there that you don't want to make somebody the highest paid player at their position. Like people praise Belichick for, you know, thinking that way. Um, So I think that was like a legitimate, you know, part of the argument that we never really had just because, you know, me, like everybody else, you just you see the deal and you're like. F this. <laughs> this is messed up, dude. Like, come it, on. it didn't feel good. at No, first. no, no. It felt it did not feel good at all. Yeah. Sean, initial reaction first, and then what, okay. did, you, what did you feel after the that? Initial reaction is that I was going to lose my mind. I thought that, like, somebody had pictures of somebody or some kind of black, <laughs> like, 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 like the Rams, you know, tap, we, we've been, we've been hacked. This is not true. It can't happen. Who's like, stop fooling with me, y'all, playing jokes. So, yeah, Twitter and Facebook, all those, I thought everything was hacked. Then uh, later in the day, after seeing it numerous times, I realized, okay, it really did happen. And the Rams did get a lot better on defense, which they were already a really good defense. So uh, luckily they were in the NFC, so that was one positive. Uh, But now uh, after letting it sink in for about a month, uh, I'm still pretty much – when I put on my my GM hat, if I put on – you know, a neutral had this, you know, take it out of Kansas City, right? Take my heart out of Kansas City and say, if this happened with any other team and we had a player like Marcus Peters, I would have said as a GM, there was nothing on God's green earth that would make me trade this player because of how effective he is on the field and the fact that I would never want to see him across the field. I would never want to play against a guy who can turn the ball over at that rate. And that, I guess that's kind of my, my, that's my, my root, my, my inner heart feelings is that I would never want to see him on the other, on, on the other team. Yeah. I think that's for, a good way to put it. I think at the end of the day for me, I still in my heart of hearts don't get how you could trade a player of this caliber. <laughs> I just cannot understand. And it's going to put a lot of pressure on a young kid and, and Kendall Fuller is expected to be a starter. And if he's in that left cornerback position and he's having a bad game, you know, even the Chiefs fans who maybe won Peter's gone, they're going to turn to each other and say, why did we trade Marcus Peters? Because, it, I mean, he's just that talented. Now, I think there's a lot of a lot the Chiefs aren't saying. It seems to me like there may have been more problems, and I'm not talking about the protests or things like that. It seems like there may have been more problems in the locker room. That's the vibe I'm getting. I didn't see a ton of Chiefs coming out outraged once the move was made. Again, this is me hypothesizing, me talking out loud. I'm just kind of assuming there had to be more to this deal where they felt, okay, this is more addition by subtraction. You hope that's the case. But at the same time, if the secondary is getting lit up next year, Mm -hmm. Mahomes is throwing up 33, 34 points on the uh, the board, and you're losing the football game, this is going to come back to haunt you a little bit. This it's it's a hell of a move by Veach too. A bold move, right or wrong. Um, and he comes in, he replaces the quarterback uh, that you know a lot of people like, and then uh, you know trades the best defensive player um, and cuts the longtime guys. Like he's made a lot of bold moves. I know Andy's involved in these two, but under Veach's job description, like this is what it says he does. So Brett's going to get the credit and blame for it. Brett Veach reminds me of I know he's 39, right? Is he 39, 40 years old? He reminds me of like a 21 year old kid who has it's his first weekend in Vegas, and he's just. <laughs> at the crap table and he's like blow on these dice baby we're going sevens and it's just like 
you hope this pans out, but what usually happens to a 21-year-old in Vegas? They ended up blacked out and sick and in a police station. You know what I mean? So I am excited. That analogy here got really dark <laughs> really quickly. No, Peach but- is puking outside of a cop car in Vegas at <laughs> yeah, 3 a.m. I was, I was enjoying it. I was like, Vegas, baby. Like, let's what happens when you, when you act crazy and you spend money and you do all that? You know, you, you end up eventually – you know, paying for it. I hope that doesn't happen because right now we're still in the night. We're still enjoying the craps game. You know what I mean? I just like hope he doesn't the, crap out. All, all of the moves really besides Peter seem like shrewd moves that are good salary cap moves that I think, you know, people can analyze and say these are really strong moves. I think Peter's is the most controversial one. Um, but somebody, you know, somebody had to pull the trigger on on some of these these decisions here. Talib and Peter's in that Rams backfield, man. Man, it's, it's a, that whole defense in in Sue's there visiting. If they get Kandam Sue and they got Aaron Donald and they got. Doesn't it feel like these these teams these like uh, teams though like when we're hyping them in the offseason, it feels like they hardly ever pan out like this. It's true. Like I they're mean, not going to have the best defense of all time, even the, though on paper it says they should. The Eagles, you know, you're familiar with the Eagles. They they won the Super Bowl this year, but you remember that dream team offseason, and then they ended up really not you know being a great team as it turned out. So you're right. I mean. You give that team an zero three start somehow. You got to think there's going to be a little bit of dysfunction. Well, there's a lot of stars, but it's still all dependent on third year Jared Goff. I, I think the dream, good year, one bad year. Dream team theories rarely work on the offense because offensively you got to have time and you have to have guys that are willing to clear out zones and don't get the ball and those right. divas sometimes blow up in your face. But defensively, defensively, it's a bunch of individual battles. And if you got a bunch of grown men that are better than everybody else's grown men. Uh, we saw Jacksonville Jaguars do it every game of the of the season. Uh, Clayus Campbell just demolished offensive lines. They put their two corners on. To me, though, Campbell's and they say man up and Campbell's a different player makeup wise though than Peters and Talib. I just you know I mean they t- Campbell came out and he became a leader for that team and it's like really a team guy. You know, and I'm not saying it's not going to work in LA. I'm just looking at history. I think it works just because of the nature of the position. The cornerback position is an island. It's created as an island, so you can have. Very secluded, like, leave me alone. I don't want to be a part of this. Just line me up, and I'm taking this guy away. And if they can do that against your number one and number two receivers and let the other nine on nine play, it's tough to run an offense that way. Very tough. Over under one pick, Peters in Mexico City. I'll go. Oh, Let's no. go turnover. Over under half don't a pick, pick, I think, is the way to do this. I'll go over. Over a half a pick. He'll get a pick. I'm, I'm going to say he's going to create uh, more than one turnover. There you go. We'll see. To a much lighter note, March 5th, we learned Andy Reid's mac and cheese recipe. I think oh. we, we think we've already talked about that quite a bit. Uh, made the Washington Post, which was fun. <laughs> Around lunchtime, man. What was in that mac and cheese? I heard he had a lot of different... A lot it, of different uh, I got too brands. messy, and it took me too long to make it again right now, so we're not going to do that today. Have you or have you not issued an expense report for cheese this week? <laughs> Raise your hand. <laughs> uh, for those listening, slowly raising the hand right now. Uh, March 5th, uh, I'm sorry, March 9th, Pat Mahomes wore his jacket around his waist, and I'm going to turn it to you guys. Is wearing your jacket around your waist now cool in Kansas City? Now that Patrick Mahomes is doing it, yes. People started tweeting at us pictures of them wearing their jacket tied around their waist, calling it the Mahomes. Mm. And I've been doing this for years. When I get too hot in my hoodie like I'm wearing right now, uh, I'll tie it around my waist. And, you know, I think I think once I had a kid, I was okay with embracing being the old <laughs> Out of touch guy, I don't know what Pete's problem is here. Why why he's tying his jacket around his waist? <laughs> I do it all the time too. Yeah, I mean, it, go, I think it's something about having kids. It's I don't have enough hands to hold on to a jacket, and so I got six kids. When when boys are running around and stuff, I don't I can't put my jacket down on the ground. That's that creates bad habits. I Man, I tie that thing around my waist, around my shoulder, put it on the back of my head, make a, a, a do wrap out, whatever I got to do, man, just to <laughs> to keep my two hands open for these kids. I'll do whatever I got to do. So I don't even have any kids. I'm going to start doing it. If Mahomes is doing it, it's going to be the trend. And I, I put on my Twitter that day, I said, you know, if you're not tying your jacket around your waist at Arrowhead Stadium, don't expect to come to the parade. Yeah. yeah. You have to have that jacket firmly around your waist on your tailgate. March 12th, the Chiefs bring back the sausage. Chiefs cut Ron Parker and also Tamba Holly. So a big day on March 12th. Yeah, Tamba. Um, everyone, it's it was – it was kind of uh, sad that it was to the point where he saved so much cap space that everyone was excited that, like, oh, they finally cut Tombo. We get that cap space back. You're like, oh, like, maybe we should stop and, you know, th- this guy's been here for a long time. Second all-time chief sacks. Uh, only Derek Thomas has more sacks and forced fumbles than him. So he's he's got uh, a place in Chiefs history. Um, so I hope that the, you know, the 
wounds or whatever it is like heal and things get back to normal soon, which I think they will. I think the writing was on the wall in this one. And I think Tom Ali, based upon his social media, kind of under, understands that it's not like this time he was upset. I think he kind of got in. Plus, now he's focusing on it seems like his music career. Yeah. But you have to remember that, you know, in Kansas City, when he was in his prime, I mean, this is an all-time player for the Chiefs, and, and I think him and Derek Johnson should both be in that ring of honor. Oh, they, they definitely had a, a impact as far as the, the Chiefs in the, the last, you know, five, six seasons. Um, Tom was definitely this instant pressure on the quarterback. You didn't have to design, you didn't have to scheme ways for him to get to the quarterback. He just, like I said, mano a mano, he was better than most of the tackles he went, to, went against. Um, but this last season, I think, you know, around seven, eight million dollars, for basically 15 snaps a game, and that, that was after he got off PUP. I mean, like you're saying, the right one's on the wall. It's just it was a it was a great way to send them off. That that type of contract, that type of year salary to, <laughs> to play that uh, that amount of snaps. I think that was a send off in itself. Dorsey special. And Andy Reid welcomed him back to coach. And I mean, he was coaching on the field last year. Joey Bosa after the game. It seems like he does enjoy it a little bit, and I think he's going to focus on music. I bet you for one year. And don't be surprised if he's a coaching intern. I'm not talking this training camp, but maybe next training yeah. camp. Yeah, it always takes a year to kind of get that I'm not playing anymore out your blood. And then once once you once you sat for a year, you're ready to kind of, like you're saying, continue to feed on to that next generation. Talking from experience. So that's that's a good thing that we have here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Uh, March 13th, biggest day of the offseason, arguably. Chief sign, middle linebacker Anthony Hitchens. And, of course, the big splash, wide receiver Sammy Watkins. We had a conversation this week uh, that it happened, and you said, oh, look, Watkins is getting rumored to Kansas City, and I kind of just shot it down. And I feel like I usually have a pulse on these things about like what the Chiefs are going to do. I didn't think there was a chance he was coming to Kansas City. I think, I think your response to that rumor was, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, could not, I couldn't fathom them doing it just because I knew how much he would cost. And again, I didn't even expect him to cost the twenty year old, The 21-year-old kid in Vegas, high rolling, yeah, brings Watkins in. Yeah, um, man, Todd. Uh, did not expect it at all, but you know, uh, it's it's the first day of free agency, and the big name goes to your team. Like so, immediately, I love it. Just this is great, you know, without even thinking about it. But uh, it does add, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of different dimensions to the Chiefs' offense. One thing I thought about um, was last year. You know, the Chiefs did do have uh, weapons on offense. Obviously, they had their triplets already before uh, Watkins got here. But I remembered the Titans game when Kelsey went down the offense just kind of stalled, you know, for the rest of the game. And I was like, it felt like they were missing one weapon. And I wondered, like, if they went into this offseason, like, remembering that, thinking, like, hey, if we lose one of these guys, like, we need to have, you know, a plan here. Kelsey going down meant the season was over. I mean, because if they get one, two more points, they win that game. I think they went they went down. But let's not talk about it. A few first downs. Let's I mean, not that, talk that, about that the Titans. points, if they could convert a few first downs just to not let the Titans have eight so, possessions. We're not going to talk about the Howard Progress game. Oh, Sammy Watkins. Let me get on that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Sammy Watkins to me is kind of like the Chris Paul being added to the Houston Rockets. I mean, you already got the beard, man. He's a great player. But when you add a Sammy Watkins to Cheetah and uh, other receivers and uh, D-Rob and um, Kelsey, it, it, it elevates those guys because Sammy Watkins uh, uh, dictates one and a half person to cover him. You can't cover him one-on-one with a corner. Safety has to at least put his eyes, body position. Sometimes Somebody has to be leaning that way because Sammy Watkins just is a beast of receiver. And so to know he's healthy and to watch him at the end of the year, how healthy he was, getting out his breaks, accelerating away from receivers, catching the ball away from his body, making the tough catches. I mean, he was doing that with a subpar quarterback. And to imagine how Mahomes could just let that thing fly. Sammy Watkins, I think, is one of the, one of the premier deep threats as far as catching the ball beyond 30, 40 yards. I mean, it's a win-win situation. It's crazy to me when you really think about it. And I don't know how they're going to share the ball this year, just because if you think about it, think about the five guys, Mahomes, Hunt, Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, feasibly all these guys, if they were on different teams, could make the Pro Bowl. You have a Pro Bowl offense. Yeah. um, And I think – out of all the like, like you you mentioned, you could have been like a bad fit on a team or for a quarterback or whatever. Uh, man, he's got the perfect coach for this too. I think Andy Reid's uh, going to do some really creative things with Tyreek and Watkins. The quadruple misdirection. I don't think I don't think all coaches would do that. 
you know, um, would, would like I like I think the Chiefs get the most out of Tyreek Hill than any other team can. Uh, I am I really just want to see like what the hell kind of formations like the weird stuff Andy's going to come up with Watkins in there that like really screws the defense. I can, so, I, I'm making it so all goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, just go when in doubt, all first goes. first play of the season, you know they're doing something like that. Right? Now, now, here's my here's my play, Andy. Andy, my man, you have a great offense now. Let's just get rid of the non-quarterback throws. I just think this year, it was fun when Poe did it, a little less fun when Kelsey did it, even less fun, uh, lesser fun when Hill did it. Let's just let Mahomes throw. He's the ball. been coaching for a long. You got, man. You got to, got to let the man be a little saucy. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I don't That's, know about this. You want to be boring and just score forty points? I don't care. I, I like the misdirections. I like, I like the shovel passes. Let's just let Patrick throw the ball. We got Patrick yeah. for a reason. That's my only play. Last thing on this segment: Are the Chiefs a better or worse team right now than after the loss in the Titans game? I will say um, it's a hard question. Yeah, that's a really hard question. I will say they're better uh, because I think that the potential of the offense with Watkins and even uh, Mahomes is higher than uh, you know what they lost on defense. Um, yeah, but that's that's a really tough question. One hundred percent better. Uh, the addition of a primary, a a, a, a true beast that wide out as your uh, deep threat is going to make everybody on offense better. Um, your running back position is going to get healthier, gets better. Mahomes actually has a uh, not only can throw it deep, but will release the ball and let it go deep. Um, I like the fact he has a short memory and he, he forgets turnovers. He continues to attack the ball down the field, keeps his eyes where they're supposed to be. Defensively, um, you lost a a premier corner, and you have to do uh, collectively as a defense. They're gonna have to do something to um, to make up for that that loss. But special teams. Now we can put Cheetah to do some more return stuff because you're not worried about your number one receiver getting hurt. It's a great point. Um, so I think there's just so many facts, something like a domino effect. I think uh, a net gain when you talk about the Chiefs overall um, power, the potential, the impact, the the fear they can put on other other teams. That's a gr- that's a great question about Tyreek that I hadn't thought about. If this means we get more returns, which I would hope so, I would vote for. Yeah, buddy. You know, it was game. It was a game changer. You know, two years ago when he was constantly back there because even when they weren't kicking it to him, sometimes there would be muffed kicks and you would just have really good field position. If you give Mahomes really good field position, at least it's based upon you know the one game and what everyone's saying, it's going to be trouble for other teams. Yeah. I don't know about this question. I posed it. I'm on the fence, but I would I would lean I would lean yes I would lean that they're a better team. Yeah, because if you I mean if you look at the free agents they lost, uh, Ron Parker stands out, um, DJ stands out, um, you know, and then it's and then the old tooth, and then it's the uh, you know Peters obviously um, are are the are the big losses there in free agency. So it's three guys who think the Chiefs are better. Usually we approach Chiefs on this podcast. A little, little disclaimer for you, but. When we come back, we will read your tweets, talk about what you guys want to know. Stay with us. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. That's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Welcome back to the Arid Pride Podcast. Pete Sweeney here with Sean Barber, Joel Thorman. And it is time to read some of your tweets. First question comes from David Perkins at K's Kid. Colorado. I think this this question is coming from Colorado based I, upon that. I forgot how much I loved him trying to read the Twitter names. <laughs> and they're always sometimes they're super weird. Anyway, go ahead. Top five draft choices for the Chiefs now will be at what positions? Oh, top pick would definitely be an offensive lineman. Wow. I'm going offensive line. Um, I'm going O-line. I'm going uh, tight end. And then the three picks in the defense. D-line, linebacker. Edge rusher. Yeah, I've got. Uh, so you're happy with Eric Murray? Yes. Okay. I've got yeah. ed- edge rusher, uh, <laughs> <laughs> defensive line, safety, corner, offensive line. You guys are a little bit of hate here for if the Rova. If we wanted a safety, we should have went out and got. My Where's man? the faith in the Rova? Tyron Matthews. That was so. I just knew he was going to end up here. I was going. 
You wanted Tyron? Oh my goodness. Yeah. The honey badger. Come to, I would have been still getting it. Would have been too much money. I'm excited to see the Texans. I think they're gonna be pretty good too. How much did he sign for? Did that come out? I don't I don't I don't, I don't know. know. Do you know? I don't know. We we'll, got it. We can print money. Come we'll on. get back to it. We'll get back to it. <laughs> we got a print press. Clark, give us that check. <laughs> Uncle Clark. Next question. Clint McKenzie at Clint McKenzie one. That's an easy one. Hello, Pete, Sean, and Joel. Oh, very cordial. Will you each please grade grade Brett Veach on his tenure as a GM to this point? Thank you all for your excellent work. Not so, telling you what scale I'm giving it on. I'm going to give him a ten, <laughs> and you just have to you have to come up with the scale. Is it zero to ten scales? Is it zero to 15, zero 15, to twenty? Fifteen to five. You never know. Okay. But I'm going to give him a ten. Right. Um, I love the the young aggression. I love the aggressiveness when it comes to free agency. I love the, uh, man, the managing the cap. Cutting, you know, dead money or cutting money when it needs to be cut, and and, and not, not 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 being not being restrained by the way it has been done and you know common thought processes and the old ways. It's just it's good to see some 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 new GMs get there and kind of mix it up and do things a new way. Way more aggressive than we're used to. Yeah, um, I I like being really aggressive. I like doing things uh, differently. Especially, I think it's kind of nice that he's young and didn't know the way you know everything was done for years. Um, so I think that can end up being a good thing when you know combined with Andy. Um, I'd, I'd give it a B plus, an eight out of ten. However, you, however we want to do this, um, you know, I, I I think he's been solid. Uh, obviously, we we need a you know another year here to see some of this uh, bear fruit. What happened to Dorsey when he got to Cleveland? Like he all of a sudden became. Uber aggressive. Let me go get every person that like hits the market. Hundred million in cap space. Is that what it does? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. They had a ton of cap space. He's got the one and four pick in Cleveland. If if you know John Dorsey, one and four. what is he doing? He's drafting a quarterback with the first pick and getting a ton of picks for the fourth pick. I mean, if you don't think that fourth pick is getting traded, you don't know John Dorsey. That, right. That's how I feel. I don't know. He already has. They already have like twelve picks. They have a ton of second round I picks. Just, I think they're going to use it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited for the draft just because I love the fact that and Dorsey just, has the control at the front. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I say that just because we just talked about how Veach is ultra aggressive. Now I also think about like oh, I think Veach will. I think Veach trades into the first round too. Ooh. I, I do. Ooh. We'll have a draft podcast. You know, I don't want to stomp on Kent's game. You, I'll stomp on Kent's toes. You feel there's some urgency <laughs> and you need to win quickly. Okay, I can get see up that. in there. Next question: Sam Roberts at Sam Roberts eighty two. How much of a role in play calling and game management will Coach Bienemy have? Big. Uh, running on third and one, third and you two. You think in play calling? Third and one, third and two, we're going to be running the ball. No more passes out to the flat. No more curls and all that kind of stuff. Running downhill, smash mouth. That's when the, Ch- the Chiefs have always been their best. If we look back at last season. And actually, I just watched that opening game against when we demolished the Patriots week one. The uh the Boston TD party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like that game. Once we committed ourselves to that running game, it, there is no team that could stop what we would bring into the table. And I think Eric Bieniemy is just a coach to get in that offensive, that in that in that ear when it's come to making plays and say, "Hey, man, let's not forget, let's not forget, you know, Kareem. Let's not forget the hunt. Let's not forget." Let the offensive line need to eat. Let let them go downhill a little bit. Let's. It's going to be an interesting dynamic because we know Andy Reid loves to pass, and we know Eric Bieniemy loves to run. And you know, I could just picture in the heat of a battle, one point game, these two guys going at it a little bit. Yeah, I could I could totally see that. But I think it's good that Andy's got a running game advocate once in a while. You know, um, and uh, I imagine them having some sort of I don't know how it works, but maybe some sort of you know if running it, game and passing game split or something like that. I'm not sure how they divide that up, but I imagine it's kind of natural like that. Going to the Andy Reid blueprint based upon what I've seen since I've been here in Kansas City, he's not going to be play calling a lot at the beginning. It just he just won't be. Maybe towards the end of the season, maybe a little bit next year. It's kind of how Andy Reid will groom offensive coordinators to getting head coaching jobs. And I think he will have a lot more in game management, whereas, you know, if Kareem's not getting the ball, and there were some times last year, and this goes back to the days of Jamal Charles, where Andy Reid sometimes needs to be told, dude, yeah. <laughs> don't overthink this. <laughs> the pitch count. The pitch count. Let's run the ball. I, you know, I think he'll be in his ear in that way, but play calling is back to Big Red, and I, I would watch, and, you know, this isn't the person that a lot of Chiefs fans are talking about, but just keep an eye on, like, the involvement of my, um, Kafka, Mike Kafka, yeah. because – he is now in charge of sort of leading Mahomes, you know, to where he needs to be. Again, the enemy is a running backs guy, so Kafka has, you know, a bigger role even as just 
quote unquote, a quarterback's coach. And that makes that. Yeah, that makes a bunch of uh, sense. They mentioned Kafka's name. Andy did last week. Like, hundred times. Yeah. A number of times. More uh, than the enemy. Yeah. And you, you hadn't even heard uh, his, you know, you heard his name like once before, probably when they hired him two you know, three, two, two years ago or whenever. Quick rise for Kafka, by the way, came in as an offensive assistant. Now is going to be Andy Reid's boy. And he's if, got all the, they've all Peterson took the same route. And you know, if Mahomes got, plays well, you know, whether he has a lot to do with it or a little bit to do with it, yeah. I, I tend to think he'll have a lot to do with it because he'll be working with them so qu- closely. But Kafka is going to be another name to suddenly right. watch in two years' time. Trust me. Uh, next question. Glenn Mariatti at Mariatti 20G. My man. With all the passing weapons on offense, how long until people complain we aren't running the ball enough? We just talked about this a little bit. You want to go, go ahead with it? How long? Passing threats are only a threat when you respect them on defense, and what they do is make it easier to run. So there, there's not going to be anybody complaining about the ball being passed when we have Hunt going for 150 yards, three touchdowns, and then being able to dink and dunk and pick and hit bombs over the top. Uh, you know, cheetah for a touchdown, seventy yard. Kelsey gets his eight targets for a touchdown. What are the Chiefs going to average? What are they going to average? Forty points per game next year, at least. I mean, it just <laughs> if you line them up right, you line them up, spread them, spread, spread them out. out. Defensively, you can't give over the top help against Cheetah, over the top help against Kelsey, over the top help against Sammy Watkins, and have safeties fill the alleys when it comes to the run. You have to give up something. Whatever you give up, we take. We take. We gonna take it. Whatever they Hashtag give up. sixteen and zero. I think we're gonna be complaining about the run game like week one. <laughs> <laughs> Chiefs are gonna get up early in the game, like number of times throughout the season. They need to sit on a lead. It'll be classic Andy Reid. You know, they may score points differently, but it's still gonna be the same. Chiefs are gonna jump out to a lead, and then they're gonna sit on it. You know what I think is gonna drive fans crazy this year is the third and three, third and two type of where Andy spreads it because Mahomes is just used to that. And if he, you know, if he wants to pass it, a lot of times it's gonna be a spread offense, and and maybe even in the shotgun. Third and short. That's where the enemy's going to come yeah. in and have to be like, Andy, come on, bro. Right. We have to do this here. Alex Price uh, at Alex Bree. Too many numbers to read. How will the Chiefs change their playbook to accommodate Mahomes and the new free agent additions? We, I just that led me into it. It seems like the playbook built around Alex wouldn't work for Mahomes. I'll go to you this one. Watch the Denver game. That's the playbook. We watched watch the Denver game. He 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 played it to perfection. Kept his eyes downfield. Um, we got receivers taking the top off defenses. We got underneath threats. We got zero routes being crossing routes, pick routes. We have a guy who can hit the ball inside and out. He can catch the ball on third down, take a check down. He can run an arrow route like he did against the Patriots on a one on one against a linebacker and score for seventy. I mean, it, it's 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 so many ways that our offense can threaten the defense. Um, I would say, I mean, that's the off. You've seen what the offense going to do. Just take out eleven put in whatever my home's number is. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Sean. I think it is going to change a little bit. Denver games, obviously uh, a good example. Um, and, and uh, you know, Andy's, Andy's had uh, the type of offense with, you know, Alex, and he's also had one that stretches the field a lot with McNabb. So I think he's, you know, fully capable of tweaking this um, to, to fit uh, Mahomes' strength. So, I think it'll look a little bit different, obviously. Just to add on top of Sean's point, because I thought that was a good point, because they went to say they worked some things for Mahomes into that Week 17 game. But another thing that Andy Reid said was, you know, last season he went back to the Utah tapes and found out what was working for Alex Smith at the college level, and he worked that into the pro playbook. So if you really want to dig on this, Mr. Alex Price, I would even go to the Texas Tech tapes because I think they're going to take a lot of those concepts and bring them again to the pro level just like they did last year with the new Alex. Guns up. Maybe they need another receiver because they're just going to go five Uh, wide all the time. I let Alex ask another question, and this is kind of dark. Dark question, Alex. Serious question. What happens if Mahomes bunks out and plays like Henny or Manziel? What happens if you bunk out? This is a shot shot at us, Joel. Your website seems to not even consider that would happen if Pat flops long-term and short-term. No, it's true. Uh, It obviously could happen. Um, you know, uh, what, there's like a 50% hit rate on quarterbacks in the first round. Um, the reason I'm so confident is uh, the entire situation is Andy Reid, um, is the, you know, the context there, the history there. Um, you know, that's why I'm so confident he's going to be at least a good player. I think it's still a question whether he's going to be, you know, like a top five quarterback in a league who takes the league by storm. Uh, you know, that's what we're hoping for. But, Man, I just feel like the floor is high enough with him that he's going to be good enough. 
Don't be a naysayer, whatever his name was, who put in that question. <laughs> he looked good in the preseason when the playbook was simple. He looked good in week 17 when Denver had no reason but not to come after him with everything they had to, right? And he, he made them, I mean, he made them look elementary. He, 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 he did his thing there. And week three, I mean, the third point is, it's now his show. It's 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 his game. He's not running somebody else's offense. He's not running other plays. He's going to have a custom made defense designed to his strengths. So that's the reasons I say that you don't have to worry about it. It, it becoming whatever you call it, the debunk or defunct or not working. <laughs> I'm going to build upon your answer again too, and I go to Andy Reid. And for those who don't you know realize maybe outside in the organization, this guy is the king of the Chiefs down to the messaging, everything they put out, whatever they want. He's sort of allowing the Mahomes hype. And this is someone who does not enjoy, you know, building something up, getting people too excited about something before it happens. I mean, the Chiefs are on the verge of playoffs. He'll barely talk about the word playoffs. Right. So for him to be allowing Veach to say, this is one of the best players I've ever seen for, you know, the uh, messaging to get out there. This guy's the real deal. Again, I understand even at the ownership level that that helps tickets, but he wouldn't allow that if he didn't truly believe it. And Andy Reid is one of the greatest football minds we've ever seen. I mean, top 10 coaching. I mean, I know you can argue he doesn't do it in the playoffs, whatever, still regular season wise, highest winning percentage. He believes in Mahomes, and that's why they went up to get him. And I just have to take that. You know, I, I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, Andy Reid, you're incorrect about it. Yeah. I think it's everybody's looking at it and saying, okay, he could keep Alex and get a guaranteed, te- uh, you know, 10 to 11 wins a year, but he's instead going with this guy who thinks the ceiling is higher. Like that's why people are getting excited because they see, you know, what's happening here. Last question from Addison Spees, a pop electric joy. I like oh. that. How do we manage our excitement for Mahomes era for the next few months? How do you You don't. How it's do the we off manage- season. <laughs> Print your shirts. What is your strategy for maintaining your Mahomes excitement? What are you going to be doing this Embrace it, you guys. Yeah, like what do you, what do you want to make? What are you holding it back for? What are you saving it for? What why why save it? Why not every Friday from now into the season, let's go out and just have a red Friday from now on. Let's go out, have a couple of red ales. Um you know, some some pink grape, whatever you can think of as red, some apples, whatever you do, whatever you want to do, throw oranges at the uh, cars, ride, going past, whatever you do to, to to get yourself ready to go play. <laughs> Sean promoting crime on the air. Pride sometimes, podcast. sometimes a little crime is necessary. Uh, <laughs> but I, I mean, don't podcast don't, really taking a turn. We don't here, need guys. don't don't need to. You don't need to manage it. We don't need to manage it. We don't need to contain it. There's enough to go around. Just feed into it. Find a way to feed it. Take your Polo, your, your jacket off, tied around your waist every oh, yeah. Friday. Oh, yeah. We have Mahomes uh, happy hour. Everybody leave work a little early. Free drinks. Whoever ties it around their waist. They tie around the waist. 2 p.m. Go to your local wherever it is. Um, get your gang together and talk about how great Mahomes is going to be once the season starts. Let's go. Wow. I You want me to follow that? I agree with everything he just said. Yeah. I mean, he's got me hyped. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. I guess you put the Week 17 game on repeat and just keep watching that. Just let's go. Those are our tweets. We will have one more segment after the break. You're listening to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Stay with us. Summer is here. The sun is out, and so are you. When you go, take along a clever little app called Audible so you can listen to the stories you love while doing the things you love. Outside, a walk, a run, the pool, or the beach. All better with Audible. For just $14.95 a month, you get a credit good for any audiobook from the world's largest selection. If you don't like it, exchange it anytime. So get outdoors with Audible. Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free at audible.com. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. First podcast of the offseason. I'm Pete Sweeney with Sean Barber and Joel Thorman. And it is March, and we're going to take the thunder of that was started by CDOT with Kanye Madness, CDOT of 610, and we're going to do some brackets ourselves. So we are talking today, who is the most talented Chiefs player on the roster? I have seeded the players 
based upon what I kind of think fans would think about these guys, Eric Berry is your first seed, Travis Kelsey your second, Tyree Kill your third, Patrick Mahomes your fourth, Justin Houston your fifth, Kareem Hunt your sixth, Sammy Watkins your seventh, and the old right tackle all-pro Mitch Schwartz in your eighth seed. So we're going to go matchup by matchup and come up with who is the most talented Chiefs player on this roster. First matchup. Eric Berry versus can, Mitch Schwartz. Can we not at least complain about the committee screwing up the seeds? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right. Where's UMBC at? Where it is? <laughs> we only have eight seeds. UVA. Where it's fair at? enough. It's this fair is, enough. This is a trial segment. We're going to see how it goes. What do we mean by talented? Are we, are we the straight skill uh, level? It's up to you. For their uh, what does that mean to you? Okay. We're saying who is the most talented Chiefs player on the roster? First matchup, Eric Berry versus Mitch Schwartz. In a way in, a little bit. Uh, talented Berry, obviously. Um, actually, not even obviously. Mitch is obviously tr- is uh, terrific at right tackle, but but Barry's just a unique athlete. Tackles can be hidden. You can put a chip behind them. You can put a tight end over there. Go do tight. You can do things to ha- hide a tackle. A safety get exploited if they're not good. Like I said, I went back and watched that Patriots game from week one. Eric Barry, that first fourth down stop to continue to, to keep the Patriots from going up fourteen points. That was the first big play of the season. Um, it was also obviously his last game because he hurt his Achilles. But you can see what kind of dominant impact player he. That was the best team in the NFL playing Week One. The Chiefs Week One against the Patriots could beat anybody they went against that entire season. Unfortunately, we weren't able to stay healthy. We lost uh, Eb. We lost Kelsey a few times with some concussions, and that would cause we lost Conley. Um, but that team that entered the the Patriots Stadium, Gillette Stadium, week one was the best team. Get, not getting away from the brackets, but I'm going with Eric Berry. I mean, you guys forget that the best ability is availability. And Mitch Schwartz has never uh, missed a snap in his career. Talent. That said. Most talented. That said. You, you can't top Eric Berry. Of course, he's going to move on. And we go to the second matchup. Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Houston. An interesting debate here, I think. Yeah, I think uh, Houston's the better overall athlete, but we're talking about talented. I think Mahomes' arm talent is more unique than what Houston has. I think it's the best way to explain that. So I'll go with Mahomes. Houston is as great as he is um, because of a uh, just. I mean, it, it was some it was some dry patches. You know, this last season I saw some games some some games in a row where he wasn't as impactful as he has been. Um, his whole career, and with Mahomes, like you're saying, the the the, the future, he's the future. He's he, he has a golden arm. He makes throws that throw to 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 D. Rob with the golden arm. Right, the throw to D. Rob <laughs> when D. Rob was crossing the field, yeah. no one saw him, and that also he, he drops it 45 yards on a dime, an inch from the sideline, to keep that drive going. I mean, that kind of throw is why we are so excited as a, as that's a why, kingdom. That's why the hype is there. That's why the that earlier question. He's made the throws. He makes them consistently. He keeps his eyes downfield. We love that guy. So your vote's Mahomes? Pat Mahomes. Again, my vote gets ruled out anyway. I would go with Mahomes, too. If this were an off-season podcast coming off the 22-and-a-half sack season, or the 22-sack season, whatever it was, I think we'd have more of a debate. But, again, it's it's been a little bit of a slowing down for Justin Houston. I would love to see him get to that game wrecker Justin Houston that we were used to seeing a few years back, but I think we may be past that. Patrick Mahomes moves on to the second round. Tyreek Hill or Kareem Hunt? Well, I think uh, Kareem Hunt's balance uh, makes him very talented. This is easily Tyreek Hill, whose speed is the most uh, unique skill in the entire NFL, I think. I don't want to call T. Hill a one-trick pony. Um, uh oh. But Uh-oh. this is where my brackets gets busted. We got an upset, baby. <laughs> upset special. My man Kareem the Dream. This is what I'm talking about. He comes downhill. He has so much balance. His yards after first contact, his ability to catch the ball. He's, he's one of the most unique, talented uh, running backs besides Le'Veon Bell um, in the league. Him and Le'Veon Bell, the two most unique running backs there are in the league. And I know – our cheetahs is, is special because he holds like eight of the top ten fastest plays in the <laughs> NFL, which is amazing in, in itself. Um, speed kills, but the versatility of that running back position is something that that we can we can win off that. We can he can he can win a game by himself. So I'm going with the upset special here, number six pick, Kareem Hunt. It's tough. This is tough because I think Kareem and Tyreek are at the top five in it's every. It's not. It's not that tough. He runs 23 miles an hour. 
I think they're at the top five of their position in the league. Uh, each of them are. Uh, you know, we saw Hunt win the rushing title last year. That said, for me, Tyreek Hill is among the elite wide receivers. And I wrote a piece, I think it was the end of last year, or maybe even when we got into the offseason. I'm not remembering correctly, but it is is Hill just route running away from being the best wide receiver in the league? And I know people are going to talk about his height, but listen, Steve Smith, who was like one of the best for years, is not that tall either. And I think Tyreek has really been developing as an elite receiver. And I think you know, with the surrounding talent this year and how much more open he may be because of that, because you have to guard a Watkins before, because you have to guard a Kelsey, because you have to look out for Hunt. We may be looking at the guy who has the most receiving yards in the league. And it's hard to put Hunt ahead of him. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is Tyreek Hill the number one here? At a, yeah. Sammy Watkins here. It's Well, Andy Reid's confirmed that he's going to be the number one. Ooh. Mm, defensively. I don't know. How you guarding those guys defensively? I'm sure, I'm sure we'll call them, you know, the number one or whatever. But I he's going to be one. Be, he's going to be, be one and one a. One and yeah. one a. I mean, if you saw the Chiefs last year, and this goes to again the play calling of Andy Reid, it seemed like each game there was a different guy yes, that focus. sort of was, and that includes Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you know, like it was, you know, and he would change it up every game. Where okay, now defense is focused on Kelsey at a big game. Like, okay, now it's Hunt game. Yeah. yeah. Hunt was always there. Hunt is always there. I got to go, Hill. I'm oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I tried. I thought I was going to last second. Hill moves on. This is an interesting matchup, too. Travis Kelsey versus Sammy Watkins. Uh, I don't have the benefit of seeing a much of Sammy Watkins. Uh, meanwhile, Kelsey's the first or second best tight end in the league um, and uh, it has very good hands. So I'll give uh, Kelsey the nod here. I don't know how Sammy Watkins gets a seven seed. He's a three seed all day. He's one of, he's one of the most dominant receivers there is, wow. and he ends up with a seven seed. This is this is this is just a blast. Right next to Mitch Schwartz, and he gets put into you know like you can't win against Kelsey. Not in KC. So like, what is this going on? This is this is my man. This is I, I don't even want to comment on it. You you. you I already think Sammy Watkins is one of the best receivers in the league, so I'm not going to say it, but. That's who should move on. Expect this to get so heated. Now, Kelsey is <laughs> the second best. I don't know how you don't put Travis. I mean, Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. Yeah. it. You can't. You can't not put him on. I do like the Watkins fire, though. I think Watkins is better than a lot of people realize because L.A. wasn't really using him. I think they were using Robert Woods a little bit more for whatever reason last year, and he only ended up with 600 yards. But this guy had eight touchdowns in the red zone. Yes. You know, that's one thing that Travis Kelsey did struggle with early in his career. Yes. You still can't not give it to Kelsey, though. So to me, the top four seeds move on. Here we go. Eric Berry versus Patrick Mahomes semifinal. Eric Berry, he's just a marvel of an athlete. I'm going with the future here, man. Future, man. Golden arm. You can't find that. I can name I can name about six safeties that are very hard hitting, make big plays, show up. Two of them used to play at Seattle together. Um you can, I think that's safety position. You can you can find some guys who can play at a high level. For for Kansas City, Eric Berry is just our. We have a comfort level with him because he's been such a such a solid foundation of our defense for so long. But when you talk about just talent, the way he can fling that ball, flick that ball, man, it, it brings up memories of of some some great great quarterbacks. And so I'm going with Patty Mahomes. Patty cake, make it shake, baby. Patty cake. Eric Berry, when it comes to an on the field standpoint, you know combined with what he does in the locker room and what he does for other guys makes him, you know, a more important player, probably the most important player on the Chiefs roster, but it does not make him the most talented. Uh-oh. I agree with Veach and Reed, and I believe what I saw in that Denver game with that pass, that pass where he was falling to his right yeah. and still managed to hit a barely open, but open, Demarcus Robinson. Mm. That was enough for me, along with that te- Texas Tech game. I'm going to put Mahomes ahead and go against Joel in this one. So Mahomes moves on to the finals. We have Tyreek Hill versus Travis Kelsey in the other semifinal. Toss it up. I'll give it to Tyreek. As far oh. I just think Tyreek's more unique, more different. His talent stands out to me more than Kelsey does. Give me Tyreek. You got I'm taking Kelsey because you put Kelsey over Watkins. So he must be oh, great. That's right. 
I, my number three player in, in in the league in 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 the, in the brackets was Watkins. So if there's somebody above him that y'all selected, then that guy has to go to the finals. So I'm going with Kelsey. So you went with Hill and again and Kel and you went Kelsey yes. Hill versus Kelsey. Man, that's a tough one for me. Most talented player between Hill and Kelsey. I think it's got to be Hill. Jeez. Hill just there has because and this is why because Kelsey has a similar player in the league to him when it comes to a talent. I can't think of someone that does what Hill does. Yeah, Tyreek's so far ahead of all the other Tyreek clones. Like the, <laughs> the Tavon Austins, you know what I mean? Just not, not even Speaking in the same Speaking of class, that, I have a little... I mean, they're never going to hear this, but Bears Twitter and Bears writers comparing... Who is it to? Um, okay. Taylor Gabriel to Tyreek Hill. That's stupid. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's stupid. That's like, stupid. And they're comparing Trey Burton to Travis Kelsey. And it, it be, is because they're trying to relate right. it to Matt Nagy. So I get why they're trying to make the connection. But guys, Bears Twitter, Bears podcast, whatever out there, let's chill. I mean, they're not even close. And, and uh, you know, I guess you have to watch Chiefs football to know that. But I don't think there's anyone close to Hill speed as far as talent, things like that. So our final now for the most talented player on the Chiefs roster is Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill. I'll take Tyreek to the title. Explain my reasons why. Patty Cake will make a shake once again and bring titles home. He can bring a title to Kansas City. He can bring the Lamar Hunt trophy. He can bring Super Bowl championships. The quarterback position is the most coveted position on the field. And when you talk about raw talent, Beach said it, Andy has said it, now I'm saying it. It's Patty Cake, make it shake, Mahomes. Let's go, baby, guns up. Patty Cake, make it shake. When it comes to being able to, you don't even have your guns up. (laughs) When it comes to proving it, it, so far it's been Hill because he's been able to prove that he's an elite wide receiver in the league. That said, Pat Mahomes hasn't done anything. I, you know, I saw this guy in training camp. I saw what he can do as far as you know, getting some air under the ball. He just drew drawn comparisons to guys like Brett Favre, and we saw some. Some special things in that game. I just feel like. Come on. Come on, man. The ceiling for Hill. Shake them dice, it, baby. It's Vegas. Here's my deal. The ceiling for Hill as a wide receiver. And, you know, I think they're similarly talented, but the, the ceiling for Hill, he's always going to be a great wide receiver. You put him with a bad quarterback, Hill's numbers come down. Patrick Mahomes, I think he has the talent to be make players like Hill, Kelsey, Hunt, all these players we mentioned better. Most talented player in the Chiefs roster. I'm buying the hype. Patrick Mahomes. Nice. Oh, Out of the fourth seed. That's a fair enough reasoning. That this whole segment has made my, my March Madness feel better. Like that UVA game blew me up. That Michigan State. Every, I mean, all those upsets blew my just blew my high when it came to and I'm talking about a natural. Um, natural high when I'm talking about my brackets. <laughs> um, I enjoy beating my family and my wife and everybody at church and all those people who want to go bracketology against me. But these upsets. I love when you it. say, I love beating people at church. That just makes me feel good. <laughs> I mean, I got a video we're going to upload of me beating a, a, like a fourth grade kid in a race <laughs> over here at Gordon Parks. No, I'm telling you, yesterday at Gordon Parks Elementary, this kid kept challenging me. He kept raising his name, Marlon. Marlon, Marlon, listen, yes, I, I, I beat you by 20 yards in the 40. But. <laughs> He's still a fast kid. He's just <laughs> she's just not as fast as you. He wasn't I mean, cheetah fast. You still are. I mean, even, even as you get older, you're, you still are a former NFL player. So this kid shouldn't feel that bad about himself. No, he, we hugged it out. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> I gave him some dap. Now it was a girl in the class who almost beat me. Wow. No, she needs to be in on a track scholarship early. Yeah, Gordon Parks Elementary is a girl, fourth grade. Y'all better watch out for her. <laughs> That's it. Any final word before we close the uh, podcast? Um. Man, I guess uh, I guess I'm ready to start transitioning to the draft. It still feels a little early for draft talk, even though it's um, it's uh, obviously the draft uh, the draft folks and and Kent and everybody at our uh, site are are already uh, digging into it. So I'm just uh, turning the page from free agency and moving on. I'm ready for the draft, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm ready to see us continue to be aggressive, uh, make moves, combine picks. Uh, Draft up, draft down, trade up, trade down, do whatever you do. Let's bring some more talent, especially on the D. I think our offense is set to go. I think our offense is ready, set, let's go. I think the defense has a couple of positions we can add some depth, some really impact players. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against taking chances on some guys with flags just to um, uh, maximize the impact on the field this year. 
Um, so I'm, 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 I'm willing to like, you know, give, give Beach and, and Andy a lot more rope to just do what they do, man. Continue to make the kingdom roll. I'm just going to try not to spit on the mirror at the gym tomorrow morning. <laughs> if you haven't Fair yet, enough. please rate, review, and subscribe to the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. We are available on iTunes and Google Play. We'll do it every Wednesday on Facebook Live. Also, make sure you subscribe and listen to, coming up this Friday, the Arrowhead Pride Draft Show with uh, Ken Swanson. And on Mondays, the Chief in the North Podcast. For Joel Thorman and Sean Barber, my name is Pete Sweeney. We thank you for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast. Have a wonderful week. Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.